0: Welcome back to the Wise Athletes Podcast with Joe Lavelle and Dr. Glenn Winkle. For episode number 73, we are joined by Rick Olderman, orthopedic physical therapist and author of the Fixing You series. Rick is a specialist in helping people figure out and solve their pain issues. Do you have chronic back pain or headaches or shoulder pain? Listen in to hear some ridiculously easy ways to stop your pain. Okay, but be warned that this episode includes a few physical tasks that Rick will walk us through so we can feel it. I'm telling you, Rick knows what he's talking about. I have already incorporated his advice into my daily practices and I can feel the benefits. Be sure to listen all the way through to hear about common bad habits people cling to that cause lower back pain, upper back and shoulder pain, and headaches of all sorts. All right, let's talk to Rick. Rick Olderman, welcome to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Rick, good to have you on board. Thank you. Hey, welcome, glad Glenn. To be here. All right, guys. Well, this is going to be a good one, Rick. I'm so glad to have you. I have uh, been listening to some of your talks, and you are a fixer of pain. And uh, people listening to this show, and me, and Glenn, we have pain. <laughs> we know what pain is. Everybody we would like pain. to not have pain, and I think you're going to be able to help us out here. That is great news. Now, the people you have helped over the years are all kinds of people. I'm sure our audience here is the older athletes. So these are not sedentary people. They understand and enjoy being athletic and active. And to some extent that maybe they're even thinking that that's why they have some pain. Maybe they feel like they're overdoing it and they're doing too much. It'll be interesting to, um, you know, hear your thoughts on that. But to the extent that it's possible, let's orient our discussion around things that are unique or at least that include issues that the older athlete would face. Okay. Well, so I'm sure that you know better than me. All I know is that when I do too much or when I move a certain way or when I didn't warm up enough or spots where I had old injuries or... Occasionally the new injury that I have no idea where it came from and I woke up with it. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it all. The way that you talk about this whole subject, you are the best physical therapist that I have ever heard describe how a regular person can fix him or herself. And so even though I don't have like big pains, I just kind of have, you know, this creeping decrepitude, uh, of little pains. <laughs> some of the solutions that you were describing that you have recommended to people to to resolve big pains that they had in their body i've started doing them because they just make too much sense i mean you pointed out where how i was like lots of other people putting my body under stress on an ongoing basis that just out of good luck has not resulted in me having some sort of chronic pain but For a lot of people, it has. But I thought, why am I just because I don't have pain from that? That makes it makes no sense for me to do that. So I've already started implementing some of your things. I wonder if we could start by before we dive into some of these great tips. You tell us your story. It's a really good one, and you know how uh, you came to you know be who you are. uh, uh, You know, very effective uh, physical therapist as well as an author. Of uh, a series of books uh, on this topic, and um, you know, how did you get to be here? And maybe the 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 highlights of your the philosophy, your approach.
1: Sure, sure, um, and thank you. Uh, you know, I'm flattered <laughs> by your compliments, but sure. uh, I got here because I suffered from my own back pain in in my 20s, okay. and uh, I was. Uh, I went to a physical therapist who treated me a couple of times, took a pain away, but it came back yeah. within a couple of weeks. And uh, I was happened to be uh, volunteering at that physical therapy clinic because you that's what you have to do in order to get into PT school. I and, I, and I realized, I was still on the fence about whether I was gonna go or not. And then I realized, okay, I've got back pain. This guy helped me, but it didn't last. I've got to figure this out. Because ultimately, and and you, all of your listeners probably have the same sense that your pain has something to do with how you're using your body. yeah. And I felt that if I could just figure out what that was, then my pain would be gone. And so I went to PT school with that in mind. Can't wait to learn why I'm having this pain. Yeah. But those answers never came in PT school because in PT school, they're, they're interested in identifying the structures that are painful or damaged, such as a herniated disc. Or spondylolisthesis, or a strain, or a sprain, or what, whatever, and I, they never addressed the why behind that pain, and I, I had, and I, I kept thinking I must have been missing a class in PT school because no one's talking about this, yeah. and I thought, am I just wrong? And when I first started working as a PT after PT school, uh, that lack of knowledge bore out with my patients because I was a failure. I was a failure at helping anyone with anything remotely difficult. Chronic back pain, sciatic pain, neck pain, headaches, you name it, anything that lasted more than three months, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe I got lucky and, and gave someone a stretch that's, that happened to help, but it had nothing to do with my skill. Yeah. And so I was sunk into a deep depression and almost quit PT because of this. Because I thought, look, a lot more s- smarter people than me have been PTs. And if this isn't, if no one's figured this out yet, then how am I gonna figure this out? Uh But I I just decided, look, I've gotta try. And so that's what my career has been about, is trying to understand the why behind pain. And uh, I've found those answers in in different places, and I've synthesized them into my own approach that works very well and quickly for most people. And it's based on the whys, why things are happening. We solve those and you solve your pain.
0: Well, that's great. I, I mean, it's it's legendary the problems that people like me uh, have experienced in the past. I mean, if I have experienced in the past where, you know, I'd go to the chiropractor or I'd go wherever and, and, the, and I would get relief, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't stay relieved. You know, the problem would come back. So it's exactly what you were describing. And I just happened to know, uh, so I don't want to foreshadow too much. You have a great approach for understanding the this why. And I'm always interested in that. I, you know, I can't even buy into advice from somebody. If they can't, ex- if it's just, oh, it just works, trust me. It's like, oh, I, I, can, I can't even, <laughs> I can't go for that. I, Because I, maybe it's true, but if they don't even understand it, then what is it? I'm not quite sure how we should go through this. I mean, what I would like to understand is two things. And then maybe we can... Use Glenn as a test case here uh, once we've gotten through these two things. One is from your experience, your perspective, what you have learned, how can people understand the real reason that they are having these pains, the, the root cause? Not so taking a, a pain pill, you know, that's a temporary fix, but that doesn't solve why there was a pain in the first place. How can they tell what? Is causing it, and then what can they do about it mm-hmm. uh, on their own? And and again, I, I'm I'm looking for those things that are um, your specialty. With you know the do-it-yourselfer kinds of things. I mean, because yeah. obviously some people have serious problems and they need surgeries, or you know they you know they need something dramatic. But I've heard you talk about the really simple things that people are doing wrong and they're really simple to fix and they can resolve a lot of the problems that people have that maybe they think are a result of old age or it's a result of oh my my bike crashes over the years or you know oh yeah I've got one leg longer than the other you know I mean they you know they've got these stories that you know they've been told and they tell and um and maybe it's something really simple that would be in this list of things that um, you could share with us. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so that's a lot to unpack and I'll go through each piece as we go. So okay. first of all, pain. Pain is an indication that something is wrong now in your body. Okay. So it's it's not, a lot of people uh, suspect that if I've been in pain for 20 years, it's gonna take me maybe 10 years to get out of that. No. Pain is telling you that something is wrong now. So that's your brain's function. Is to, your body is sending the signal to your brain and it's saying, hey, I've got some pain. And the brain's saying, good to know. How are we gonna solve that? Because you haven't taught the brain how to solve the pain yet. The brain only knows what you have taught it, which is how you've been using your body. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is teach yourself how to use your body differently and then your brain will understand how to move without pain and your pain will resolve. Okay. It sounds simple and it is. And I, I can give you a real clear example of how this works. Okay. If you just, if your listeners just clasp your fingers together like you're praying, you can do this too right now, Joe and Glenn. Yeah, All right. am yeah, and, and look at which thumb is on top.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, Which which is it for you, Joe? Left. Okay, without looking at your hands, unclasp them and now put them back together with the opposite thumb and fingers yep. on top. Yeah. Your brain is thinking this is weird. This feels unnatural. Yeah, it
0: feels like I'm holding Glenn's hand.
1: Yeah. Oh. Glenn, yeah, get your hand out of Joe's hand, would you? All right. So so your brain is sending you a signal, "Hey, something's different here. This yeah. isn't how you've taught me how to do this." Yeah and so what you can unclasp it now so what you might then think is oh i've got to go back to what i've what feels normal to me well that's where the problem is your normal way of doing things is what is causing your pain and when you try to change aside from not knowing which things to change when you try to do something different your brain says "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa this is different I'm gonna send off warning signals. This is not how you taught me to do things. Your brain does not yet know that that is what is gonna solve your pain though. Uh, That's what you've got to train it,
0: all right? So your brain is telling you don't do this new thing but it it doesn't doesn't know know. this is gonna fix
1: you. It doesn't know yet, all right? And so that's the key. And so you were talking with Joe Taft about attention. Yeah. All right? This is how you use attention to fix pain. Okay. All right? you do something different and notice whether it is better or worse you bring your attention to that change your body will tell you whether it is the right change or not ah. all right the fact that it's different has no bearing on whether it's going to solve your pain or not okay. and so just like you said joe i started walking around with my knee softer well doesn't that feel different yeah so you what you have done is you've already trained yourself to sit to believe that, oh, but this is good for me, so I'm going to yeah. do it until I don't have to really. Until it becomes unconscious, right. then it's going to become a normalized unconscious movement that is feeding your body at all times, yeah. rather than an unconscious movement that is hurting your body at all times, which would is what locking the knees is. And yeah. I can go. I can. Di- I can. You've had the benefit of hearing this connection between locking the knees and unlocking the knees and back pain so i'm going to take your listeners through that example right now Yes, please now. do so most of the listeners out here probably have including glenn probably have uh back pain It's the most common complaint so what i'm going to do is, is take them through a little test so that they understand why they're having pain and i'm going to show them a way to start fixing it okay. all right so what i'm going to ask everyone to do is lie down on the floor and you can lie it can be on the floor it can be on the couch, it can be on your bed, but I want you to lie down. And this is what I, and please do that right now. The reason I ask people to do this and not just listen to what I'm saying is because you're gonna li- listen to my words and you're gonna say, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna try that. But until you feel it in your body, like what we just did with the hands, until you feel what how your body is registering this, you won't really get it.
0: Let me echo that. I'm not actually doing it right now because I got headphones on that have a cable and and I, and I don't want to take that off. But when I was listening to the podcast that, that you did on another show, I did the hand thing and I laid on the floor and it really made it real for me. And it was so powerful that I then started doing your advice immediately, That which is you were just referring to that. So please, if you can, if you're not driving your car, <laughs> lay on the floor and and let's do this thing and you will, you will get a tremendous benefit out of this.
1: Yeah, even if the car is a self-driving car like a Tesla or something. (laughs) Don't. Okay, so here we go. So you've been laying on the floor for a couple minutes now and hopefully your legs are straight. And I want you to feel what your back feels like in this position, all right? And if they haven't been straight, straighten them out and feel it. Okay, so now bend your knees so your feet are flat on the floor and feel what your back just did. Does your back feel better in this position? And if if you don't notice a difference, then hug your knees to your chest and do it like that, if that feels even better for you. All right, so what we're doing is we're we're comparing how your back feels, nothing else, just how your back feels, to when your legs are straight, laying on the floor, versus knees bent, laying on the floor. 99% of your listeners will say, my back feels better when my knees are bent.
2: Yeah.
1: So straighten out your legs, again, What is happening differently when your legs are straight than when your knees are bent? Well, the obvious answer is that when the knees are bent, my back is flatter into the floor. Yeah, so that's good. So what we're learning is that when your back is flatter, it feels better. But what is also happening when you're bending your knees is you're removing the things that are causing your back to arch. That's why it's falling to the floor and flattening. So it's not so important that your back be flat all the time. It's important that we, we, we remove the things that are trying to pull it into an arch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so the second part of this is, well, how does this affect me in my daily life? I can't lie on the floor with my knees bent all the time. Okay, sure. so let's all stand up now, unless you're driving. <laughs> all right, so we're all standing up and you're listening to this podcast. And what you might notice is that when you're standing, you tend to lock your knees straight backwards. And so what I'd like you to do now, and and don't change that, just notice that that is happening. There, There goes that attention thing again, right, that you were talking with Joe about. And now we're gonna have you unlock your knees. You don't have to squat, you just need to soften the knees a little bit, just a little bit. Feel what just happened to your back when you did that. And if you're not sure, go ahead and lock the knees one more time and then feel what happens to your back. What you'll notice is that your back arches more when your knees are locked and it arches less when the knees are soft. Well, the test on the floor just taught you that your back feels better when it has less arch in it. And you just found out that your natural way of standing is to lock your knees, which causes your back to arch. So we remove this one habit of locking your knees when you're standing and walking, that will remove, let's say you walk 10,000 steps a day, yeah. that'll be 10,000 repetitions of something better for your back than what it has been. And sometimes all you need to do is remove the bad things. And if we can, that's one big bad thing is locking your knees, if your back feels better when your back is flatter,
2: yeah.
1: right? So, if you can remove that, I've had patients where that's all we had to do. Just unlock your knees and their pain goes away. It can be that simple. Wow. That's great. Thank you for that. Then that's sure.
0: that was the um brilliant easy fix for like low back pain. There's a there's like a set of things. Can I so if you've got a plan here, go ahead.
1: The way I look at the body is, and this is what I've learned over the years, is that the, I've learned how the body works as a system. Uh-huh. So the knees have nothing to do with the back. You've probably had tons of practitioners that have been looking at your back and saying, oh, you've got a rotated vertebrae or facet joint tissue or herniated disc or something like that, right? Yeah. But if, if no one's looked at your knees in terms of how you're standing or walking, then no one's looked at you from a systems standpoint. Uh-huh. And this is what I found the problem was in PT school, is that we are taught from a component standpoint how to understand pain. Oh, we'd get out our microscope and we say, oh, look at that little thing right there, right in your back. That's the thing that's hurting it seems. So we're gonna fix that one little thing without understanding that that's the weak link in the whole big chain, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so unlocking the knees is simply removing some of the stressors to your back that are causing it to arch too much. So So it
0: might not even be the biggest problem, but it's the easiest thing to fix. It's It's low hanging fruit.
1: It's very low hanging fruit. And uh, so there are associated tight or weak muscles then that have developed in your body Uh because of these harmful habits you've developed over the years. Uh So yes, you can fix the habits and that will get rid of a lot but you also will need to address the tighter, weak muscles that have occurred as a result of those habits. That will be the big kicker for you. And so it's a one-two punch like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Okay, so the general idea is you've got pain, the pain is, is your body or is your brain's way of saying there's a problem right now. Right. That problem might have It could be a lot of things and some of the things that are causing or contributing to the pain or contributing to the problem that is resulting in pain could be far from where the pain is. Exactly. Because it's a system, you said. And it's possible that it's been that way for a long time. It maybe was that way for a long time before there was pain Mm -hmm. and it, it was doing it wrong for a long time before it created a problem that resulted in pain. And this can happen all over your body. I just happen to know because I listened to you talk before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so again, I don't want to interrupt your flow. If you've got a way of telling the story, but but there's like low back things, and there's you know mid back things, and shoulder things, and you know very common kinds of problems that people have that can result from really simple mistakes, habits that they think are harmless. They've just been doing it forever. They don't have any idea that has anything to do with that
1: pain that yes. they wish would go away. Mm-hmm. So the, the the next question that, I, that I'm asked usually is, well, I've been doing this all my life. Why is it hurting right now? Uh-huh. Right? Well, you haven't necessarily been doing this all your life. Uh-huh. So as we grow and age, you can imagine that if you stand a lot, all right, And if you stand, and those of you who've been listening and have been continuing to stand there with your knees soft, you're probably noticing that your thighs are becoming tired, all right? And so what we do is, a way to alleviate that is to lock your knees. Now I don't have to use my muscles. I can just stand on my joints. And you do that from an energy expenditure standpoint, but you don't realize what that's doing to your back. So as we grow older and we have less energy, we find ways to cheat the system so that we can do go from A to B like we were trained that we need to do. But oh, I can still go to A to B. So I must be doing something fine. Well, no, you've made subtle changes along the way that are degrading your body that you're not aware of. And that's why this is happening. This is particularly important for women who have had children because when, as the fetus develops, weight is gained by the mother. It's a lot of weight, a rapid onset of a lot of weight, and the weight is pulling the belly forward, arching the back, which we we just learned 99% of the people have increased pain because of that. So then the mother locks her knees to hold up this extra weight because it's so fatiguing and they're already fatigued from carrying and feeding this other body, right? Yeah, yeah. So then they develop these this system of locking the knees, the pelvis is tilted forward, the baby is pulling everything forward, and even if you have back pain, you have the baby, the back pain goes away, oh, so everything must be fine. But no, you've held on to the habit of locking the knees, right, yeah. because your body hasn't reverted back and the shape of the spine, hasn't reverted back. The orientation of the pelvis hasn't reverted back to what it was prior to getting pregnant. So this is why a lot of women who have had babies are predisposed, in my opinion, to back pain, sciatic pain, SI joint pain, and what have you.
0: Oh, interesting. Hey, maybe that's Glenn's problem. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I don't have any kids yet, as far as I know. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, Rick. I, I keep saying this because I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I do want you to continue through this overview of the different little methods they can use to to sense, even if maybe they're like me and they don't have any like serious pain, sciatic pain, or back pain, but they they suspect you know, they, they probably have been doing something wrong. You know, they had a baby or something like you said, or they've had injuries and maybe they have compensated for these injuries. and they, you know. And if they keep doing these compensations, then maybe they will have pain even if they don't now, but probably the people who are the most motivated to hear what you have to say, are the people who do have pain. And they are interested in this, oh, well, tell me how I would know where my pain is really coming from and what I might do to stop it.
1: Yeah, well, the, the the clues to where your pain is coming from have a lot to do with the activities that cause your pain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So those things that are causing your pain are telling you, hey, I really don't, you're doing this really wrong for me. Uh, I, we need to make some kind of change here. And if you don't make the change, if you don't start experimenting with changing those things that are causing your pain, well, then nothing's really gonna change. So that would be the, my first answer is, look at the things that are most hurtful for you and start looking at, at them from this standpoint. Hey, every my back system includes everything from my rib cage all the way to the bottom of my feet. Yeah, I just had a woman uh, who I've been emailing with recently and she's got one-sided back pain and, and you know, she was describing, and I said, oh, you've got an old, uh, you know, let's say it was on her left side. I said, well, you've got an old left-sided uh, problem in your legs that hasn't been resolved yet. She says, I've never had any injuries in my left leg. I said, I don't think so. And I haven't even looked at her. We're just exchanging emails. I said, I think you're wrong. I think you've got an old injury that you've forgotten about. And she said, no, I'm positive. I said, think again, I think you're wrong. And just like her next email to me was, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot this. And this is what I hear from people all the time in the clinic. Oh, I I didn't even think of that because I didn't think it had anything to do with my yeah. pain. And so our brain is taking all of this information that our past injury history, and even when I was directly prompting her for a left lower body injury reevaluation, her brain was saying, nope, nothing there, nothing there, because it's it's thinking, it's trying to say, well, what in my left leg is causing my back pain? Your brain's yeah. job is not to understand that at this point. Yeah. And so it's gonna, it's gonna overlook all of the clues that you've been having over the years about why you're having this pain. Right. That plantar fasciitis that didn't quite, it, it went away, but you've always had a slight limp, right? Or maybe you shifted your weight to the other leg more and now you've loaded your other leg, and now that other leg is complaining because you've been offloading the injured leg. Or that meniscus cyst that didn't heal quite well, and oh, it went away on its own. No, it didn't go away on its own. It went away because you compensated in some way to make it go away.
0: Make the pain stop. Right,
1: and so your brain is great at figuring out these compensation patterns to make, because you have to get from A to B. You know, if you're an athlete, I have to ride that bike. I have to run. I have to swim. I have to do whatever. Or if you're working, I have to sit at that computer for eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours a day. So your brain is going to figure out a way to get there through subtle compensations. So my biggest advice to your listeners would be reevaluate your old injury history. Even if your pain has gone away, do you have a sneaking suspicion now that you're thinking about it oh, uh, you know what, I never really did finish that rehab, or I don't know why that pain went away, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Chances are yeah. that means that you have a compensation issue going on that's causing at the root of your pain.
0: And is is there some way to tell about that? Like, you know, that you stand crooked or you- Well,
1: yeah, there's, so this will get into Glenn's issue a little bit. Yeah. His, Glenn has sciatic pain. Uh, Glenn, can you stand? Can you stand up where you are or not? Okay. Are you Are you going to scream at us, Glenn? Sure. Okay. Glenn, <laughs> now can you I can face your that. back to me so I can? Yeah. And then roll up your shirt a little bit so I can see your low back a little bit. All right. Is your sciatic pain on your right side? Left side. Okay. So go ahead and roll up that shirt again. Just keep your back to me so I can see. Okay. So. Uh, Joe you can see this but your listeners can't. Yeah. Okay you see how his left crease is higher on his left side yes. than his right side? Yeah. He's got an asymmetrical crease pattern. Yes. His left pelvis is higher than his right side. That's why that crease is happening higher. Huh. Okay so you can go ahead and have a seat Glenn. So why is the why is his pelvis higher? So it's Glenn doesn't have a leg length discrepancy. In fact, that's one of the biggest myths that you'll hear out there, is that, oh, I've got a leg length discrepancy, so I've, this is why this is all happening. No, yeah. uh, I can count on one hand, uh, and especially if, if I had a table saw accident that cut off three of my fingers,
2: yeah. I can
1: count on one hand in the last 20 years of true leg length discrepancies I've ever seen. Hmm. It's very rare. It is a compensation pattern. It's like a functional compensation pattern. There you go. So wh- what's going on with Glenn? All right. And this, this brings back to you trying to figure out, you know, what is it that's causing my pain? So when I see a higher pelvis on one side and folks at home, uh, for those of you who, you know, want to see if this is happening in you, take off your shirt, have someone take a picture of your back. All right. Typically you'll see one side of the, if you have this problem, you'll see one side of the back has a bigger crease than the other. Now I was thrown off by Joe because his right side actually has a bigger crease, it's deeper. And that's why I thought his sciatic pain was on his right side. But he has a high, or I'm sorry, Glenn. Glenn. Uh, yeah. But he has a higher crease on his left side, which indicates that the pelvis is higher. But usually where the side where the biggest crease is, is the problem. And I'm not convinced that it's a left lower body problem with Glenn, because it could be a compensation pattern because that is a big crease you've got on your right side there, Glenn. All right. So I'm suspicious about what you're what you're showing me. But anyway, folks at home, you can do this. Just have someone take a picture of your back. See if you've got a crease on one side of your back that's bigger than the other. If that happens to be the side where your pain is, then chances are you've got what I call a side bending problem where the, that side of the pelvis is higher and also that side of the rib cage is lower. Well, it's nice to know, but why is that happening? Well, that goes into our hard wiring in our brain again. We have deep-seated reflex patterns in our body. This one corresponds to something called a withdrawal reflex, which we're all born with. If you put a baby on a counter and you touch their feet down on something, you know, on one side, you'll see that their whole body retracts that whole side, that whole lift, all right, away from that whatever you touched the heel to.
2: Hmm.
1: It's, it's a hardwired re- reflex pattern that our brains Override as we grow because we can't go through life responding reflexively to everything in our environment all the time So our our conscious brain overrides these things, but they are deep-seated reflex patterns that occur So as we develop an old injury in sight and if we keep going with Glenn's case An old injury in his left side that he may or may may not have rehabbed correctly What has happened is his brain is slowly pulling that pelvis up which is those muscles that pull the pelvis up also pull the rib cage down to get off of that old, old injury on that left side because it's saying, Hey, this isn't right, but he's making me do A to B. I've got to get from A to B. So this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to hike this pelvis up. The rib cage is going to come down and that way I can go from A to B and not hurt myself from this old injury that never got resolved correctly.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. That's how it works in the body. Glenn, do you have an older injury on your left side?
2: Gosh, I have, I have injuries all over the place, so it's hard to say. Yeah. So, so this is, this is. <laughs> have you thing. crashed a few times? Just Glenn? Right, yeah, right. You
1: know. Yeah. So, so Glenn has a deep history yeah. <laughs> with injuries. So uh, we would have to really peel this away a lot of testing because I'm seeing asymmetry in both sides of his body. He's got something going on here. Only how long have you had the sciatic pain, Glenn?
2: Oh, 20 years.
1: It's just that it got okay. to a point
2: where it's severe now. I can't ride. That's the problem.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot we can do about that. Yeah. So this is the other thing, 20 years of pain. Uh, when I hear have someone who comes into my clinic with 20 years of pain, I start rubbing my hands and salivating <laughs> because I know I'm gonna make a big difference in this person. Why? Because I know other practitioners are looking at them from a component standpoint, trying to fix only those tissues that the sciatic nerve is being compromised in. And in the back, it would be the L1 through five or in the pelvis, the piriformis muscle, right? So, but actually, all of this stuff is happening because of some other compensate. Either you're compensating for something on the right side, Glenn, or you've got an old injury
2: on the left, or
1: judging from your history, maybe
2: both. So, it's been going on for a long time, and so I'm compensating yeah. constantly for every little, little bit that goes on, adds to it, yeah. so. Because yeah. Technically speaking, uh-huh. um, it's actually L four, L five, S 5s one, both sides. That's where the impingement is. Because we've seen the MRIs. MRIs are pretty. Se- the, even the MRIs have pretty severe impingement.
1: Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. Because I'm seeing a side bending pattern, a different kind on each side of your right.
2: back. Oh, yeah. So which is, is the left side right now is the problematic side that I can't.
1: Yeah. And and Glenn, from. are you are you uh, right handed? Yes. Okay. So what, Joe? Can you see Glenn sitting there?
2: I can. Which shoulder is lower? Well, that's that's another beat. That's something different. <laughs> that's an all right. Yeah. He just but, pointed to the low one. Yeah, right. That's, that's the left that's one. That's because I had, um, I basically detached my left arm and they they put it back on again. I lost all yeah. the innervation, so all the muscles shrank. So that side is going to be. I have about maybe thirty. Glenn, you're a mess. Oh, I know, Oh, Glenn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So, so, but, 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 this this doesn't negate the fact that because the left shoulder is resting lower. Likely the whole rib cage is resting lower on that side too, yeah, because that's where the shoulder is resting, okay, and this feeds into that whole left side bending pattern as well. So you you would be one of those more complicated people, but <laughs> it, it wouldn't worry me. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that's kind of how it works. So uh, you know, all of these things matter, and so Joe, you you brought. You said you made a statement about getting to the root cause of things and I I, I want to address this because Most almost all people Glenn you probably have heard this too All of your practitioners say we're gonna fix the root cause of the problem. We're gonna fix the root cause of the problem and what I have learned is that in medicine we we operate under a belief system so if I am a manual therapist thinking that I should solve everything by manipulation, soft tissue work, acupuncture, whatever. All right. Then I'm going to kind of overlook those things that don't speak to those strengths that I have. All right. So we filter out information. So uh, a manual therapist's root cause would be, Oh, well, I'm going to fix this one rotated vertebrae here, or I'm going to fix this tissue. Right. Or something like that. That's them fi- fixing the root cause of the problem according to their belief system.
0: Yeah, this is the, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail phenomenon. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and 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 you know, a chiropractor will do more spinal manipulations or pelvic mm-hmm. manipulations, or acupuncturists will do more oriental medicine and acupuncture, massage therapist, yoga, Pilates. So everyone is trained and following their training mm-hmm. yeah. because they wouldn't if they didn't believe it was the root cause of almost all problems, right? Yeah. So when so to, for your listeners out there who are saying, yeah, uh, yeah, getting to the root cause, I've heard that before, this is why, is because everyone is operating under a belief system. My belief system is that how you move has something to do with why you're having pain. And that's how I operate. It happens in law, it happens in medicine, it happens in every career that you can probably imagine that we develop these belief systems. We filter out things that don't fit, and we let in things that support our beliefs, all right? And so this is how it works in medicine. So uh, I can say, yes, I'm getting to the root cause, but Glenn, you've probably heard that from 40 other practitioners throughout your life, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. And that's the difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that taking a pain pill is not getting at the root cause, but you're saying that it can be pretty complicated to really, really, Get at the root
1: cause. Well, here, here's the thing that this is what I always tell you know the people that I work with is that look, uh, has anyone ever explained your pain like this to you before? The answer is always no. Right. No one has ever looked at me like this before, and I'm looking at them from a system standpoint. If if you have back or sciatic pain, or hip or knee or foot, and someone hasn't looked at you from your rib cage all the way down to the bottom of your foot and how you walk then you're not being looked at from a system standpoint, Yeah. all right? If you have neck pain, headaches, shoulder issues, and no one's looked at you from your pelvis all the way to the top of your head, then they haven't been looking at you from a system standpoint.
0: Yeah, this is important, this is good. And I I wanna get into the so what about this. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you use this better approach, what are some simple things that you can find you know, as an example, and, I, and I'm afraid that Glenn, we're going to have to move away from you because you are too complicated, man. <laughs> You've got too many problems.
1: We can't fix you here in two seconds. That's a year long series. Oh, Glenn is yeah. a year long yeah. series of podcasts. But there are
0: <laughs> there are situations where people are, are doing things, you know, and maybe they feel like, oh, you know, I, I ride my bike and my position is too low and it's hurting my back. And it's like, well, yeah, well, how, how much are you riding your bike? Oh, oh, five hours a week. You know, well, how long are you sitting in a chair each week? Oh, I I sit about, I don't know, 40 hours a week. Well, I'll bet sitting in that chair is having more effect on your back than riding that bike. What would you say?
1: My, my. What I would say is it's not so much sitting in the chair, it's how you're sitting in your chair based on those tighter, weak muscles that I meant, mentioned earlier and the pattern behind your pain. Yeah. Tell us more about what people do wrong. Well, uh, for instance, uh, okay. I was talking with uh, another woman uh, with uh, sciatic pain. What was it? No, SI joint pain on one side. Okay. So uh, she said, oh yeah, Uh, gosh, when I stopped sitting in my chair and sat on my football, my pain went away. So I'm cured. I, I took a look at her. She had Glenn's pattern of issues. One side of pelvis is higher than the other. I said, you're not cured. You're just sitting differently. That's why you're not having pain sitting. All right. And I said, if you, I said, you see how you're sitting on the football? Show me you you sitting in a chair. And she immediately shifted over to one side of her pelvis to get off of the SI joint pain. Yeah. And she says, Oh, and I usually cross my legs like this. I said, Now we know why sitting on the football helps your side your SI joint pain because you do it differently than when you're sitting in a normal chair. So your pain isn't solved you've just figured out a way to get around it. So it has to do with how you're doing everything.
0: Yeah, so, uh, but everybody listening to this, (laughs) maybe I'm wrong by, you know, 1% of the people, is sitting in a chair most of their life. Mm -hmm. What are people doing wrong? Okay, so. they should do better, and this is low-hanging fruit that might make all the difference. Maybe it's just one thing and they need to do more things, but maybe it makes enough of a difference.
1: So I hate to say this, but it depends on the body. Yeah. All right, so if you've got a short person who's sitting in a chair that's too tall for them, yeah. that's gonna really mess them up in a different way than someone who's too tall for a short chair is gonna mess them up, huh. right? So I had a woman, I she came in with, you know, like 15 years of back pain. I showed her how to uh, sit in her chair properly, she started crying because she didn't realize she could sit in a chair without pain. <laughs>
0: wow. And
1: it, it went against all of the ergonomist's recommendations because those recommendations weren't meant for her body in that chair.
0: Huh.
1: And so that's why, I, I, you know, we all want this magic pill that says, give me one rule that, you know, I can follow so that I am always sitting, well, I'm sorry, that rule doesn't exist. You know, it really depends on your body that you're bringing to that chair.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, You know, you can have uh, three people, all different heights, but when they sit down, their trunk, you know, their trunk height is all different. Have you ever done that? You've sat next to someone who's your height, and then suddenly you're a lot shorter than them or taller than the next person. That's because the, the pelvic and trunk height is different than the femur relationship. Sure. to the standing. So sure. we're all built differently. And so you know the one universal thing I can say, this is why I always go into the standing thing, yeah. no matter what, how tall or short you are, if you're locking your knees, it's gonna contribute to back pain. So that's a really easy one, right? right? But when we start to get into specific types of things like chairs and beds and things like that, well, I, I have to see what the problem is that we're trying to solve and what my testing has shown me. Then I'll show you how to sit in a chair Mm -hmm. properly. Well, that's fair. But
0: maybe you could just tell us just for just so that we can get a sense of how powerful
1: some of these things are. What are some things that have made a big difference for an individual person? Okay, so let's say that you did my initial test at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. And you found out that your back feels better when it's flatter. Yeah. Okay. so now let's say that you sit at your office all the time. And like Glenn and you, you might be sitting at the front of your chair while you listen or work on your computer or something. So you'll probably notice most people who sit at the front of their chair arch their back. Their pelvis is tilted forward and their feet are flat on the ground and they arch their back while they're working. Because working is often a stressful situation and stress often causes us to arch our back excessively. All right, well, you've just found out that arching your back increases your back pain. Hmm. And now you're finding that sitting in your chair at the front part of your chair without using the back of your chair causes your back to arch. Hmm. So what can we do about that? Well, you're too small to sit all the way to the back of your chair and still be able to work on your keyboard. So what Hmm. can we do? Well, bring a couple pillows from home off your bed, shove them in the back of your chair lengthwise up and down, so that the back of the chair comes to you. Now you've got support in your back where you like to sit on the chair, which is at the front of the chair. Mm -hmm. And then if you can push into that, you'll feel that suddenly your back has a reason to relax and let go of all that tension because now it's being supported. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: So we'll go and we'll take this a step further. Let's say you're a short person and you find that your chair is just a little bit too tall for you. All right, most chairs are. So, and if you lower the chair, then it doesn't work for your keyboard and your computer setup because now you're way below your keyboard, okay? So there's Mm -hmm. a couple of things that you can do. One, get a couple boxes, put them underneath your feet,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. all right? Bring your knees up past hip height because you just found that your back feels better when it's not arched. And now we shove those those pillows behind your back and it has support. You put some boxes underneath your feet that rotates the pelvis back, allows your back to flatten and your whole back to relax, and you'll feel like you're in heaven. Wow. And you can still work at your computer. Now that goes against just about all ergonomist training. Yeah. Because ergonomist training don't understand patterns of pain. They're just used to everything you must fit into one box kind of thing. Huh. All right. Right. Does yeah, that make sense? So those yeah. are the kind of changes, that's how you can think about you get one piece of information like, hey, my back feels better when it's flatter. And start applying that to all those situations that yeah. seem to be hurting your back, and you'll find your solutions.
0: Yeah, how can I make my back flatter? Flatter. In whatever I'm doing. Yes. Yeah, and, and I, or, you know. And, or more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so there's this idea that, well, you know, you don't wanna have a cast on your leg all the time, you get, you know, no stress on it, and then your, all your muscles will disappear, all your ligaments will weaken. And you don't want to give it stress all the time because then it doesn't have a chance to recover.
1: hmm yeah, so this is another thing i found, is that strong people tend to think they need to strengthen to get better, and, and flexible people tend to think that they need to stretch to get better.
0: That's funny, and that's true for me, that's true for me. Yes. Yeah,
1: if that sounds like you, then this is probably why you're also continuing to have back pain because you're reinforcing the patterns with your strengthening program that are causing your pain. You're just deepening them. That is so funny. And those flexible people, you know, they're stretching things that are already overly stretched probably, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh my God,
0: this is great. So, (laughs) you know, I heard a saying once that is so true. And even though I know this saying, and I know that it's true, I can't apply it to myself consistently. And the answer is this, the answer that you can't find that you seek is where you don't want to look.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I'll take, I'll pick that apart just a little bit. Okay. You want to look, everyone wants to find their answers and look in the right places. The problem is they don't know where to look. Okay. And that problem exists because of the training that we've had in medicine to be component thinkers and look at components rather than systems, right? Yeah. And so uh, that's that's the problem. Right. People, you know, I hear this all the time from practitioners, oh, they don't want to get better, you know? I have never met anyone who doesn't really want to get better.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just the fact that they haven't been shown the right way.
0: Right, right. Well, that's really fantastic. I I wonder if you could give us another example for the audience. Lots of people I know suffer from headaches. Oh yeah. And it just just sounds to me like a real horrible thing. And for a person who gets headaches regularly, it must be hell and they must take painkillers. I mean, they must do something because how could you live with it? But headaches can have simple solutions, I heard.
1: Yes, you're correct. Uh, I don't know who you heard that from. <laughs> but uh, the unlikely culprit uh, with headaches is the shoulder girdle system. Uh-huh. So if, if all of your listeners, uh, except those who are driving, uh, look at their computers and Google the skeleton, and look at the back of the skeleton, yeah. you'll see the shoulder blade. It's a broad, flat bone, triangular shaped. Yes there's only one other bone in the body that looks like this, and that's one of your pelvic bones. Your pelvic bone is designed like that because it's the center of function for the lower body system and the back system.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The shoulder blade is designed like that because it's the center of function for the upper body and head system.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But how many people, those of you who have headaches, have any ha, ever had anyone look at your shoulders to solve your headaches? Almost none. I, I, I can't Almost imagine. None. Yeah, none and this is why you have chronic pain. And I don't care whether it's a migraine, tension headaches, or whatever. It solves it for almost all headaches. This is more for chronic issues. Acute issues, let's say you were in a motor vehicle accident and now you've got headaches. Well, you've got a whole, lump, a whole bunch of stuff in the neck that can be yeah. contributing to that. Okay. But if this has been all happening for a long time for you, you know, like six months or longer, yeah. Chances are it's a shoulder girdle system problem, okay. and there's a really easy way to test for it. Awesome. All right, so you'll need someone else to help you with this. So what you'll do is you're going to turn your head side to side, up and down, and you're going to get a sense for where your head hurts, where your you know where your resistance is, your p- neck pain, you know your lack of mobility, and then you're going to have someone stand behind you, and they're going to put their hands in your armpits, and they're going to lift. Up your shoulders about a half inch to an inch higher. All right. And you're going to let them. You've got to relax your shoulders into their hands. That's going to be the hard part for a lot of your listeners. Okay. So they're going to jiggle their hands around a little bit to help you relax. Right. And you're going to get all loosey goosey and let those shoulders go. All right. Let them carry the full weight of your arm, uh, of your shoulders. Yeah. And then once about 30 seconds or 45 seconds later, you're gonna go back and turn your head side to side, up and down again. See if you have more range of motion without pain or whether even just lifting them might, for a lot of people, just lifting up the shoulder blades feels magical for a lot of oh. people, all right? So if, and then if, you, if you're not sure if you have a, a decrease in, rain, in pain or increase in range of motion, then let them lower them down again And try your range of motion again, and you'll find that your range of motion has been restricted. Uh, All right. Why? Because there are attachments from the shoulder blades into the cervical bones, as well as the base of the skull. Yeah. Most shoulder blades are sitting too low. I call it depressed shoulder, depressed Mm -hmm. shoulders. All right. And so that stresses all those attachments into the neck and head because the system isn't sitting where it should be. And operating the way it should be. So that doesn't mean that we should go around shrugging our shoulders up like this and walking around like this all the time. Yeah. It means you have to fix your system. And shrugging your shoulders up isn't isn't fixing that system. Huh. All right. But that's the root cause of most neck pain and headaches that is chronic in nature. Huh.
0: Is there a um, a common way, a common sort of rehabilitation that people can do?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, let's go back to the work example. Yeah. So, most people who are sitting in chairs, do either of you have chairs that have arms on them? Yeah. Okay. Can you rest your arms easily on the chairs? Yeah. Most people can't. Their elbows are out here to the sides, right? Or the arms are sitting too low. I see. So, what I have people do is, if your arms can be moved very close into your hips, then move them as close into your hips as possible and raise them up so that your shoulders feel like they're raised about a half inch to an inch, just like with that armpit test that we just did. Uh-huh. And if, you're, if, you're, if your arms can't do that on your chair, then get some pillows from home, fold them in half and shove them between your hips and the arm of the chair. And you'll find that when you rest your arms, they'll be resting higher and more comfortably closer to you.
0: Okay, so I want, I want my arms resting on the arm rests while or my pillows, arms are, are or pillows on uh, with my arms in, in toward my waist close to your waist and and with my shoulders up just a little bit
1: just a little bit and in line with the seam of your shirt down running down the side of your shirt that's where your arms should be when you're working so if you hold your arms where your seam is wherever your hands are is where your keyboard should be and almost all the listeners listening to me are probably having their keyboard Forward,
0: more oh, than yeah. this, I couldn't possibly. Work you couldn't on possibly. Computer in this nor, position, nor could anyone else. <laughs> yeah, right, desk is too high and too right. far away. so there.
1: Th- so what you are doing is you are making your body adapt to a poor work environment. Yeah. Rather than setting up your body ergonomically correctly, functionally, and making your work environment adapt to your body, all right. that's where the problem is. All right.
0: Well, I'm just lucky that I don't get these headaches because I sure am.
1: I'm sure you're digging a hole and jumping in. Well, Joe, you're just a, a physical specimen, so <laughs> <laughs> for one more day. <laughs> yeah. Well, so th- those are some easy answers for your for your people at home. Even if you don't fix all the reasons your shoulder blades are sitting too low, yeah. if you just stop them from sitting too low, that alone can solve the pain.
0: Fantastic.
1: Especially if you're working at your computer for eight or 10 hours a day, right? Imagine yeah. eight or 10 hours of your neck not holding up a system that weighs 15 to 20 pounds, and instead those pillows or your armrests are. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so this goes. This gets into the standing desk versus a sitting desk. Well, a standing desk is nice if it's done correctly, but if you have neck pain or headaches, a standing desk probably isn't their best decision because there's no support for the arms. Right. However, yeah. with a standing desk, you can get closer to the desk than a sitting desk often, and your, and your arms will be aligned you know, along that seam of your shirt better, and that may solve that problem, but it's not so solving the support portion of that problem. No. And maybe maybe just getting the arm on the seam is enough. It just depends on how deep the hole is that you're trying to dig yourself out of. Right. Right.
0: Well, and another thing that I've heard that is sort of hitting at the same solution, but maybe differently, is that don't just sit there for hours. Get up every now and then. Go for a walk. You know, just change position and give your body a break.
1: Yeah, breaking that up is, is good. But shouldn't we just solve the whole problem? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: I... The problem I've got is that, shoot, now I gotta go buy another desk and, you know, and I can't, I'm not gonna do that tonight.
1: Yeah, but, but think about your listeners. If you've got chronic migraines or headaches and you've had them for 20 years, wouldn't you spend 300 bucks on a new desk or a couple yeah, hundred bucks yeah. on a chair to fix it yeah. rather than more shots or more visits to some practitioner or whatever? No,
0: you're right, I mean, people who are getting headaches, I can just imagine they're motivated. Yes. they're going to solve If they've got an idea, a clue as to what to do, they're gonna solve it. We're just about out of time. And so I wanna give you a chance to say any last little bits of wisdom that you wanna share with the audience here. And then I would like you to tell us about how the audience can find you online and tell us about your books also and where we can find
1: those. Okay, so my message to, to most people is that you're not broken. You just haven't received the right information yet. That's the problem because our bodies have internal systems that are made to heal. We cut a finger and it heals. We break a bone and it mends. We've got everything internally to make this happen. What we need to do is create the conditions to make that happen. And often how you're using your body is what is causing or or creating the hurdles to that happening. Hmm. So you're not broken. All right, so regarding getting in touch with what, all the stuff that I have. So I wrote these books maybe 10, 12 years ago,
2: uh-huh. all
1: right? And they help a lot of people. They're available on Amazon. They're called the Fixing You series. But I've just recently created downloadable home programs that are even uh-huh. better Great. because uh, they're based off of my clinical experience that I've owned my own clinic for the last 10 years. And I've seen that there are patterns of issues happening. And so we can fix them much faster Because most people fall into certain patterns of dysfunction that are causing their pain. So those downloadable home programs can be found at fixingyoumethod.com. Okay. And then if you're a practitioner out there, whether you're a coach, yoga practitioner, or a doctor, it doesn't matter the whole spectrum. I've created an online training program to teach you how to solve pain from a system standpoint and understand it. And you can see that at healpatientsfaster.com. If you want some free stuff from me and to explore me more than what we've just covered here, you can go to rickolderman.com. You can find all of those things on that website as well as some free stuff too. And if you decide to buy one of my home programs or the the online training program, if you type in fixing you, all one word, you get a 20% discount.
0: Fantastic. Well, and I'll get all of those URLs in the show notes. So anybody who didn't write that down can just um, look in the show notes and, and find the URL and click on it and uh, take you there. And then they can uh, benefit even more from this magnificent learning that you have accumulated over these uh, 25 years. Rick, thank you very much. Oh, I'm, my pleasure, uh, You know, I have already benefited uh, from it. <laughs> and, and I was and I'm not one of the people that had a lot of problems, but I am i already feel like I'm doing good for myself and I'm putting my
1: future problems off even farther. Yes, you are, yes. And it's a wise way, you talk, it's a wise athlete, right? Yes. That is the wise outlook. You know, you're preventing, You're you, It's you're exactly right. You're putting it off by doing it now.
0: We'll put the links in the show notes and people can find you that way. Rick, Glenn, gentlemen, have a good evening.
1: You too, Joe.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in to my discussion about stopping chronic pain by fixing bad habits we slip into without thinking or knowing that we are doing wrong. And thanks to Rick for helping us out. You can find out more information about Rick in the show notes. And while you're there, you can sign up to take a free fitness practices assessment, send us a question to address in the podcast. See all of our episodes, subscribe to our podcast, and you can sign up for our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. That'd be a big help. Thanks a lot.